wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for December 13th, 2018. I am Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. It's the calm before the storm. Big wrestling weekend ahead with Ring of Honor's WrestleMania final battle this coming Friday at the Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City. Yours truly will be there. Cannot fucking wait to be in attendance for what should be a great show. Then we got WWE TLC on Sunday. Another WrestleMania-esque card with 12 matches on tap. I'm sure some of those are going to be added to the kickoff show. We will soon see. But two big wrestling pay-per-views. We're breaking them down here in today's WrestleRant Radio. Before we get started, there, real quick, cheap plug for you guys. WrestleRant Radio, of course, every single Thursday. Not only on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on the Apple Podcast app. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you get every archived episode dating back to October of 2013, which is the perfect segue because it was around this time four years ago that the one and only Brandon Dross, a former um, guest here on the show of WrestleRant Radio, was here on the show before. He reached out to me four years ago. Of course, we've been friends now for over seven years through the Twitterverse, and we have yet to meet, which is going to happen one day, I promise, Brandon. But you reached out to me four years ago, and you were like, dude, where's the show on iTunes? You got to work on getting it on iTunes. And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It took three years, but we finally got the show on iTunes, all thanks to Brandon's request. Um, about a year ago, now Brandon has since started up his own podcast, The Sound Off with Brandon and Lou, some awesome local government stuff, politics, wrestling, baseball, you name it, they cover it. It's some great content. You guys got to check it out. One of the breakout podcasts that I've been checking out all 2018 long. Uh, so with that introduction, Brandon, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio. How you doing, my man? Thank you, Mr. WrestleRant. You know, uh, thank you for the, the sexy lead in here. Uh, I really appreciate <laughs> it. I'm glad... And I'm glad, you know, I don't listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. I listen to the Bruce Pritchard vehicle and, you know, all the Conrad Thompson vehicles. And this is one of the, one of the four wrestling podcasts that I listen to. Now, I want to I wanna, I wanna preface by saying, due to my intense uh, graduate thesis studies, I've been slacking. So I have your past three episodes in the iTunes machine. They will be ready to rock coming up this weekend. So I want to I preface that. So I'll catch up. But yeah, definitely. You know, I, I love I love being on. I love being able to listen to it. Um, you know, longtime friends, like you did say, we will meet one day, um, either here in Texas, over on the East Coast, West Coast. It will happen one day. It's only inevitable. It's going to happen at some point sooner rather than later. You are the lead company, Brandon. Last week we had on the Impact Knockouts champion Tessa Blanchard. No better way to follow up. Then you, myself, uh, with you and myself, sir, right here on the show talking about Final Battle TLC. I mean, I was thinking about the who I should have here on the show to kind of follow up such a big guest in the, <clears throat> excuse me, the current Impact Knockouts champion, one of the breakout stars in the wrestling world. And I'm like, eh, 
we should have a fellow breakout star in the podcast, and we're that being Brandon. So before we get started, dude, I mean, I know we talked about it on your show a few months ago when you had me on your show, and I figured it was only inevitable in only a matter of time before I had you back here on WrestleRant Radio to return the favor to plug your own podcast. First, where can people find your show? And also, kind of tell the uh, WrestleRant universe, WrestleRant Radio universe, um, what your show is all about, where people can check it out, and how you kind of got started in the podcasting business. Well, you know, thank you for the uh, the second great introduction there. <laughs> um, you know, actually, you know, even even though I'm, you know, I'm in my I'm in my mid thirties. You know, I've listened to podcasts probably now about four or five years, and you're you're one of the first podcasts I would actually listen to. And you know, obviously, there was a lot of issues I had trying to listen to it on. Uh, on the next era because, you know, you have to leave it open mm-hmm. all the time on the phone and, you know, me being a horrible millennial, I need to be able to surf the web, I need to, be able to <laughs> you know, check the bank, I need to be able to check, you know, just text back and forth, go on the internet. So, you know, now that I've had that opportunity to listen to, you know, pretty much, you know, for the past year, you've been on, you know, iTunes nonstop, um, you know, that kind of said, you know what, I can do this, you know, I really can do this. And, you know, I, I, I love wrestling, I love baseball, I love basketball, love local San Antonio talk, local businesses, and, you know, we, uh, me and my, my buddy Lou, the co-host, we actually started a podcast before this one called Party Genetti with one of our fellow wrestling friends, um, just pretty much based on our experience at WrestleMania 32 when we met Marty Genetti. we had this great friendship, and, you know, it, it was kind of just a wrestling podcast, and I was like, you know what, we can do more than this, we can reach out to local businesses in the San Antonio area, we can reach out to local bands. And uh, luckily out here in San Antonio, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of podcast entertainment out here. Um, San Antonio is a very weird demographic. Unfortunately, there's a big, uh, big uh, income and educational disparity out here. So the podcast um, demographic, list, uh, the, the, the podcast listen demographic is very light out here. And I think we actually cover it pretty well by covering, like you mentioned, we cover wrestling. Uh, we cover a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. Um, we cover, you know, local government talks, not uh, not on a public, not on a uh, uh, a Republican or you know or a liberal viewpoint, just straight facts. What's going on here, local government? You know, with the city manager, or what's going on with council? What's going on with some of the housing policy? And we you know, and we bring on bands from San Antonio. They come on, they do a segment. We bring on local businesses. Uh, we've had uh, some some recent. Uh, we have had former mayors. Uh, recently, we had former mayor Ed Garza. We've had. Our local government, our local um, transit authority board. We had two board members on recently, um, and you know it's grown a lot in the since we started in uh, mid-August. It's actually grown a lot. We are the number one local podcast in San Antonio. It took us about three weeks to get there. Um, it doesn't say much for our podcast. You know, I, I, I hate to sell up, hate to sell us short, but you know, um, like, I, like I said a minute ago, there's not a lot of podcasts in San Antonio, so the competition is thin. But I think we make the best of it, and you know, uh, we have we have we've had great guests on there. We've had Conrad Thompson. Uh, he, he came on and promoted his uh, his uh, show with Bruce Pritchard a few months back. We've had you on there. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of great entertaining guests who just come on and shoot the shit. You know, um, and you know, and we, you know, we thank you know fellow co, you know fellow podcast hosts to let us come on and you know, you know, they, let's come on their podcast and talk. You come on ours, I come on yours. You know, always tweeting each other, always you know looking out for each other, giving people recommendations, and you know, and I, and I want to thank you for that. You know, I remember when I first started, I was like, hey, what? How can I get this going? Because you know, 
I pretty much had to help you get on iTunes, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, hey, just get on iTunes. you got to be able to do it. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. you can't do it. It's just so, super easy. And then after, the, after getting on the podcast and doing my own podcast, I'm all, is this what took Graham so long to do? God, he's so lazy. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. you know, cause it's funny. You know, and then, like, once you do it, it's like, oh, okay, it literally takes, like, 15 seconds to upload. <laughs> but I know you're a very busy man. You know, you, you work full-time. You go to school full-time, as do I. So the podcast, you know, you know the podcast uh, uh, editing and the processing, it, it, it's actually pretty fluid now. And, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, you know help, helping me, you know, realize that I can do this. I really, really want to do this. So, you know, no matter how old you are, no matter how, no matter how young you are, you can always be a mentor for somebody, even if they're, you know, 15 states away and, you know, eight or nine years older than you are. So I want to thank you for a lot of that, you know, information you've given me. Of course, my man, that's what podcasting is all about. And who would have thunk seven years ago when we were tweeting back and forth about Survivor Series 2011 and John Cena and The Rock teaming up in the main event that night that we would be on each other's podcast all these years later talking to God knows who from the wrestling world and beyond. So it's been amazing. But uh, that being said, any plans for your podcast as we close out 2018? Any best of uh, list that you guys are going to be doing for the end of 2018 or any big guests you guys slated uh, that you guys have slated for 2019 as well? Um, we're, we're always working on movers and shakers. Uh, we got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff coming up uh, here in San Antonio with some of the mayoral elections. Um, may possibly try to get maybe some of the candidates on. Um, you know, um, I'm done with grad school now. Um, I, I, I walk the states on Sunday, so I'll be able to be a little more, uh, like I mentioned a little while ago, I've been slacking on some of the podcasting, uh, due to just, you know, being focused, you know, focus heavy on grad school. And I don't want to, I don't want to give a minimal effort. I want to be able to give 110%. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll be back kicking full time again this Tuesday at 7 a.m. Um, you know, if, if anybody out there, you know, if, if you're, if you're a band, you don't have to be in San Antonio. If you're a kick-ass band or you got a kick-ass business, it's online based or somewhere that somebody come check out. We have listeners, not just in San Antonio, but all over the country. We've had we've had listeners in 37 states, so you know we're all over the place. Even though we're a San Antonio podcast, we got people, we got big numbers, we got big numbers in D.C., over in the Virginia area, New York City, um, Florida, California. So if you're in one of those areas and you got a badass band you want you want to send by away, it could be country, it could be pop rock, alternative rap, whatever it is, send it my way. Um, we're all over we're all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at SPL Podcast. Um, you know, just hit us up. Um, I'm sure Graham's going to go ahead and, and throw uh, throw the tweet out later on. Check it out. You, you can check, follow me on Twitter at underscore I mean, Brandon underscore Dross. Everything is there. Podcast, Facebook stuff, everything. So don't be shy. Let us know what you want to hear. Check it out. Let, let us know how it is. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. As you said, people can check out the show. You guys, some, you guys got some awesome content every single week. You're doing that. You're graduating on Sunday, doing your whole grad school thing. Yeah, you got a kid too. I forgot to say that too, Brandon. You're a father as well. You're a mover and shaker yourself. You're doing all this shit at once. It's it's amazing. I thought I was busy. You got all this stuff. I see it on your Facebook and Twitter machines, and I'm like, holy shit! How does the guy find the time to do the grad school stuff, be a father, and then still do the podcast at the end of the day? It continues to blow my mind. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I appreciate those uh, those those kind words. Of course, of course. And one quick question for you before we move forward. Um, any, I mean, this is only a few months away. I think I already know the answer to this question. WrestleMania 35, New York City. Any aspirations or um, goals to be at the WrestleMania coming up in the Big Apple? I want to. 
Um, you know, I, I have family out there still. I have a gorgeous niece and, and a beautiful sister. Um, I was out there back in September. Um, I'm going to try to. I'd really, really like to. Um, I have some personal commitments coming up in April, um, in, uh, in, in April time. I'm going to Arizona. Um, and I'm also going uh, to uh, North North Texas, and I know it sounds like oh you're staying in state, but North Texas is like a six-hour drive, mm-hmm. so that's like a whole like a whole vacation. Um, I, I'd like to. Um, I think I have. I think I may make it work. I don't want to say yes, um, but if not, I know you'll be holding down the fort for all wrestling fans and all marks aside. So I know if I can't be there, you'll be there representing um, everybody and WrestleMania Radio. Of course, my man. And if I do go, I gotta return the favor because you wrapped my Wrestle Rant Radio shirt when you went to WrestleMania 32 weekend a few years ago. I gotta get a shirt with your podcast on it and wear that to one of the shows, whether it be JR's show or Takeover or Access or whatever it might be. I gotta return the favor, even if it's like three years later. We, I will do that. And you will get the, the the first copy straight off the presses. You will do. I will do that. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, speaking of WrestleMania, it's coming up in a few short months in New York City, New Jersey, what have you. Um, speaking of New York City, as I said at the start of the show, final battle, Ring of Honor's WrestleMania coming up on Friday. Um, pretty stacked card on paper. I believe the last time oh, you yeah. were here on the show, Brandon. I think it might have been like September of last year. I know we talked a few short months ago, but I think it might have been a little over a year ago, which is crazy, which is why you coming on the show here today was long overdue. But one of the things I know that we talked about the last time you were here on the show was Cody coming back to WWE, and we said, bar none, hands down, the guy will be back at some point in the next few years. His success outside of WWE has been too much to, to ignore former Ring of Honor World Champion, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, former IWGP Heavyweight uh, United States Champion, all these other great accolades in Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, NWA, all these other great companies. And now, come final battle on Friday, it seems to be the swan song for many members of the Bullet Club, and there's a lot of confusion, excitement more so than confusion, and just a lot of intrigue as to what the future holds for members of not really the Bullet Club, I should specifically say the Elite, that's what they're going by nowadays, Marty Skrull, Cody, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Page. Um, Everyone sans Kenny Omega will be in action this Friday at the Ring of Honor uh, Final Battle pay-per-view, including Cody in the main event, going for the Ring of Honor World Championship in a rematch from two years ago, that installment, him and Jay Lethal. We have Adam Page going for the Ring of Honor um, television Championship against Jeff Cobb, another up-and-comer in the business right now. Uh, we have the Young Bucks, Ladder War, three-way match, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, and Marty Skrull. I don't think his, his contract's not up for another few months, but he is on the show, too, facing Christopher Daniels. So, again, it's going to be a great show on paper, but we're not really going down predictions here, but I do want to ask you this. With the Bullet Club members, or the Elite, rather, I should say, um, to kind of make that specific, the Elite, seems like their contracts are coming up very quickly in Ring of Honor. What does the future hold for these guys, and does it include a possible promotion? Um, All Elite Wrestling has been rumored for a while now. They might be starting up their own organization. Do you think there's any truth to these rumors, Brandon? And are you excited to see what the uh, what 2019 might hold for all these guys, whether it be in Ring of Honor, New Japan, WWE, or their own promotion? Well, the biggest thing, you know, that I think we should really, you know, cover is the brand, the elite brand and what these guys have built. You know, um, we both run podcasts. This is a hobby, but we also have to kind of run this as a business. Obviously, you know, we want people to listen to us. We want people to wear our shirts, listen to our podcast, follow us on all of our, our social media avenues. They have built that. 
And going back, um, I remember when I came on, I was unemployed. So it was September 2017, right before I started my current job. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we actually talked about, yeah, Cody will be back. But he's not the Cody that it was, you know, 14 months ago. They, you know, as we talked about on my podcast, you know, uh, my co-host Lou, he went to the Jericho, the Jericho cruise. He went to, uh, he went to go all in. He's seen, you know, what this brand brings to the local area. You know, just it's, it, it was, a, he said it was a very WrestleMania like vibe, you know, and they're built by, and I, I can't stress enough, they're building a brand. And when you have this, this, this power of the brand that you built, you have leverage. Um, I kind of, I think this is a resemblance of the current situation of Adam Page and, you know, the Undisputed Era. Obviously, they had a brand. It's not the brand that is now. Obviously, it's been watered down. It's been WWE manufactured. But they were able to kind of build their name, build their brand, and then come to NXT and then really, really, you know, outshine expectations. I didn't think, you know, Undisputed Era would be as prevalent as they are now in NXT. Mm -hmm. And... I, I, I know it's a very long-winded answer, but I'm, I'm really just trying to focus on the brand. They have, they have a huge brand that they need to focus on. And I think they need to build this brand and see what they can do with this brand. But there's always that, that side thing is if they do this all elite wrestling and it fails, does that brand get diminished and does their leverage get diminished? So that's, that's one of the things you have to really look at, you know? And I don't know how you feel about this, you know? What's the smart thing to do? You, you put your money in, you put all your resources in, and try to be like another Ring of Honor. Because if you go out there and you spend the money and you and you create this new wrestling brand, who are you really competing with? You're not you're not competing with the WWE, despite their horrible, crappy ratings, despite their lackluster product right now, which we're going to get into, I'm sure, very soon. Despite all that, all the only real competition that they can really go against is Evolve, and that's. A pretty much a WWE funded machine. Mm-hmm. You have Ring of Honor, which you don't want to bite the hand that really fed you and was let, let you have a little leash in your in your indie career and your Ring of Honor career. And then you have like Impact Wrestling. So do you want to take this brand and try to fight them and then take away from that market? Or do you really want to say, you know what? I think we can build this brand inside WWE by keeping our own copyrights. It's, it's, it's just a very unique situation and you know the, the long-winded answer is I'd rather see them come to WWE to see what they could actually do only because there's that great possibility of failure and they're great they're great wrestlers there's nothing against them you know on the mic in the ring because they achieve in all those all those possibilities and all those avenues but the likelihood of failure is significant mm-hmm. and that's what I'm worried about the, mar- the bargaining power that they would have if they do this all elite wrestling for two years, three years, and then it, it you know goes bankrupt. It or and obviously you know if you have three or four people in, in things like this, and we know the wrestling business, we know what you and I are both wrestling historians, especially you know you more recent than I, because you know everything what's going on right now more so than I do. Imagine five people turn around a business. Mm-hmm. Imagine imagine being married. With just you or your significant other, how hard it is sometimes to agree on issues. Mm-hmm. Imagine four or five people with this exact same stink in that company, and that's what I worry about. I mean, you make a great point. I will play devil's advocate here because you mentioned the possibility of failure, which is absolutely real. 
I mean, how many times have we seen a promotion try to come up and be the next big thing? I love Lucha Underground. It was never going to be the next WWE. Nothing will ever be the next WWE, nor should anyone try to be the next WWE. But not really Lucha as much as, like, I know there was that whole What Culture promotion a couple years ago. That went no. I mean, I think it's still running shows. I'm not 100% sure. But there was a lot of buzz around that for quite some time. That What Culture pro wrestling promotion that went south very quickly after a certain number of people left, and it really has not been the same since. I think they rebranded. That that fizzled up very quickly. The UK scene is still very hot right now, but once WWE got their hands on it, it really faded out quite quickly. Same thing with Progress. Evolve is now under the WWE umbrella. The Street Profits, for God's sakes, are the Evolve Tag Team Champions. So if that's not NXT Lite, then I don't know what is. Um, at the same time, though, so we don't really need a new promotion, I don't think. I don't think we need another new promotion. I think what they're doing right now, um, that being the Elite and Ring of Honor New Japan, they're really all over the place. They were on the Jericho Cruise. They've, they're top stars right now in Ring of Honor. I don't know what more they can do in that promotion that they haven't done already. Like I said, Cody, already a former Ring of Honor World Champion. The Young Bucks, I mean, the guys have won the tag team titles a million times. Same thing over in Japan. I think Adam Page is really the only one that can stand to benefit from sti- from sticking around in, in Ring of Honor right now. Because once those guys leave, right. once Cody is gone, I think we talked about this last time you were on the podcast, too. I vaguely remember us discussing Adam Page. If, if Cody's gone, if the Young Bucks are gone, and Marty Skrull, I think, I think he might be on his way out, too. I mean, he's got a number of shots at the World Championship. He's lost every single time. So I don't know if they're ever going to go with him as the guy in Ring of Honor. But Ring of Honor, I mean, as great as the product is, and again, we talked about this last time you were here on the show, and nothing has changed. Because once you take out that bullet club, that elite nucleus in Ring of Honor, you're not really left with a whole lot. I mean, they have Kenny King. They're trying to build him up. They have Matt Taven. They have Dalton Castle. Jay Lethal just re-signed a contract, Flip Gordon. So they have a number of guys they can build around. But really, the biggest stars in that promotion, the people that compete in the main event of almost every single event, show, and pay-per-view are the Bullet Club. Adam Page, though, I think is a guy that you can build around and make that next top star if you were to go in that direction. Then again, I think he's another guy that would do very well for himself in WWE if he decided to sign. I don't know if there's any truth to the rumors that he was offered a contract and he turned it down. Same thing with Cody. I know that was in the. I think he himself said that he turned down a uh, that he turned down a contract from WWE. Whether that's accurate or not, I mean, obviously he could say that and he could be lying. Who the hell knows? I think at the end of the day they won't go to WWE because, like you said, there's a very real chance of failure with the promotion and them starting up their own company. But I think they also realize that there's a chance for failure in WWE as well because they could be making more money. But not everyone's going to be the next AJ Styles that signs with WWE and becomes every bit as successful, if not even more successful, with the with the company behind them. Especially after spending so long fighting the system with the whole fucking um, you know DX like invasion a year ago and the too sweet copyrights and everything that the, that the WWE has made life hell for these guys. Would they really utilize them correctly if they were ever to come over? I w- I'm sure Kenny Omega would get that treatment. Maybe the Young Bucks. I mean, I look at the state of tag team wrestling right now in WWE, and I'm not all that optimistic that the Young Bucks would be as, not that they wouldn't be as over, but that they would be utilized as well as they should. Be utilized as stars, like the fucking Revival. I mean, I know Seth Rollins talked about it in Raw this week, but 
they've essentially been buried in the short time they've been on the main roster. That's one of the best teams that this company has had in many, many years, and they've been reduced to absolutely nothing in the last year and a half or so. Um, so that's another thing to think about as well. But at the same time, the argument can also be made if the elite, that being, I think they've made a pact that they're all going to make their next move together. Um, and I think there is some smart, some some, um, some smoke to the fire of the all elite copyright, that whole shit, the trademarks. Because if they weren't planning to start up their own promotion, why else would they be filing for the trademarks and whatnot? But that being said, the argument can be made that if they do not sign right now, Brandon, could they be missing that window? Because if their contracts come up or whatever with their own promotion or Ring of Honor, New Japan, blah, 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 in two or three years, will the Elite slash Bullet Club be as over and be as prominent as they are right now? Do they have to strike while the iron is hot and sign with WWE while they're still popular? Or do you think they can wait a few years before finally signing with them? Because I only think it's inevitable. I think I have to go back to what I mentioned about the brand. And and, and, and I hate to beat this. It's like beating a dead horse. If they do this brand, and and not so much the monetary aspect of everything, but going back to the you know the five people that would have a, a say in this brand and this and this promotion and and all aspects of running the promotion they can hurt themselves but they can also have their partner hurt them you know financially you know say something happens and say we don't want to we don't want to be in this anymore and you know it just goes with Cody and Marty and then they say you know what we're done we're going to you know there's always wrestling business is, is tricky and you know i think that the hottest that they were right now that they'll ever be, the Young Bucks per se, but like you mentioned, tag team wrestling, is that, are they going to come over? Because we, we know they can't, they can't draw us as single stars, you know, mm-hmm. um, they're not the, you know, you know, they're the 2018, they're the 2010 version of the Rockers, you know, they have, they have their personality, they're, they're high flyers, they can wrestle, you know, they can talk on the mic, and they have, and they have sex appeal, women, I, I know, I see girls on Twitter all the time, I would do this and this to Nick, and I do this and this and this to Matt. <laughs> it's there, and, and like mm-hmm. they're sex symbols. But right now, is, is, it, is it smart for their brand to go there? I think it's got to be one. I mean, like all or none. They have to go in. They have to do an invasion. They're gonna have to say, you know what, Vince, you know Triple H, Stephanie, everybody, Kevin Dunn, everybody's involved at the, at the table. We're coming in. We're coming in as a five. And you're not going to break us up in three months. And you're not going to turn half us heel. You're not going to do the shield on us. You're not going to do DX flight. We're going to do what we want. We want to keep the copyrights. And you know what? Three or four years ago, there's no way they're keeping copyrights. There's no way they're keeping their name. But we see with AJ Styles. We saw with all the guys in Undisputed Era. We see with Samoa Joe. We see with Ricochet. Mm-hmm. With Ricochet. They're letting them keep their name. And you know Vince has his moments where, oh, go ahead and keep your name. It's okay. Oh, no, I got to change your name. Change the name <laughs> yeah. now. You know, I got to copyright. I got to own it. But now this, this is a different era that we're looking at. And people are able to keep their names and keep their copyrights to things. You think AJ, you know, AJ Styles came to the table. I'm sure AJ Styles came to the table to sign that contract. Vince is all, whatever. You're AJ Styles. You're not. You're probably gonna draw, but you'll be mid Carter at best. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that's why they let him keep his name. He won't get over. He's a slack jawed yokel. He sounds like he's oh, he's Cletus on The Simpsons. He's not gonna <laughs> get over. And what happens? I bet Vince is like, damn, I should have kept. I, I should have changed him up. But if you change him up, would he really have had the AJ Styles appeal that he has now? So it's got to be all or none. 
And, you know, I think it will look better that way. And obviously Cody has that previous main power that if he were to come in, I mean, if they were to come in as a group and Cody's the leader, I think everything and, you know, and I'm sure WB would, would, would be fond of this because they, they think we're stupid and, you know, our minds are erased after three months and a long feud. People are going to forget about Stardust. People are, forget, are going to forget about how, the way Cody Rhodes is booked. He's going to come in different. He's going to come with Brandy kicking ass. He's going to come back in. You know what? Keep the Cody Rhodes name. I don't even need to be Cody Rhodes. You can keep that. I'll be Cody. Mm. And I think if it, 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 it work, it has to be all, all five of them. And it's going to be hard to get all five of them over at the same time. But I, I, I think that's the only way it's going to have to happen. And going, going, going back to the brand again, like, if, if, if they really want to build that brand, I think the best way to go is WWE, only because the brand can suffer the longer they're away. You know, and mm. like, like you said, strike, strike while the iron's hot. And right now it's at its hottest. But maybe they can also join and, you know, go into WWE and maybe work like a semi-full schedule. You know, the pay-per-views, the main events, the big house shows like New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, yada, yada, yada. But they can also do their own thing and say, you know what? We'll come in. We'll take less dates. We'll take less money. But we want to we be able we want a bigger piece of the pie. And we want to be able to maybe market our own thing and do our own thing. But be behind the scenes. But casually come on our, 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 our own events and, and headline them and things like that. So they, they have they have a power play that they're able to use. That and and I'm, like I said a minute ago, we're going to talk about this. The low ratings right now, they're dying for creativity. This this the past three was have been some of the worst. And I've been watching WWE Raw since 1993. Mm-hmm. Some of the worst episodic television in wrestling history. This, some of this stuff is almost comparable to like the late 2000s Nitro. Yeah. At least they had wrestling action. <laughs> I'm, not desired to, I'm not desired to watch this. So maybe they need this. Maybe this is their time to play on the, the horrible storylines that we're being giving as fans. Mm-hmm. You know? No, that's a good point. I mean, especially now too. If you were to bring up, if you were to bring in a group like that, as long as they're not um, limited creatively, creatively, they were able to come in and just be themselves and be the big stars that they have been outside of WWE, and they don't go along with the same writing formula that Raw has fell victim to in recent weeks, months, whatever. I mean, it's been going on for years now, but like you said, at least recently, Raw has the has been the worst. That it has ever been, if not just in several years, at the at the very least, definitely the worst time that Raw I've ever seen consistently, and close to a decade. It's been very very bad. Um, that being said, do people really want to see the Elite on Monday Night Raw with the whole AOPP jokes and all this other dumb shit we see on Raw from week to week? I'm not sure. I don't know. But at the same time, I mean, Raw was pretty abysmal back in 2010. Then all of a sudden, you call up the Nexus, and of course, they neutered that thing within two months. But it did have promise from the beginning, and a reason why it packed so you know such a big punch was because Raw sucked at the time. Raw was in the fucking doldrums when they brought in the Nexus. It was like one of the worst yeah, Raws I've ever seen. And then they bring in the Nexus, and it it was amazing. It was such a great. I mean, it would have been a cool moment anyway. But I think what made it so cool was because nothing on Raw at that point was piquing anyone's interest. Like, John Cena and Randy Orton for the upteenth time was not exactly lighting the world on fire. And then you call up these ten guys as a group that we had not really seen before, kind of with the NWO, but that's about it. Beyond that, it was something fresh. It was something new. It was something for fans to look forward to. Again, they neutered it within two months. 
That's something different, though. That was on WWE. Um, so I think they can have that same effect. If the Elite were to come in, the timing would have to be right. They're teasing right now that their contracts expire with Ring of Honor at Final Battle this Friday. Um, I'm not sure about New Japan. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think the Young Bucks are on the card for Wrestle Kingdom. I know Cody's defending no, the... No, they're not. They're not. Uh, that, which is... Haven't, been they, haven't they been on the last, like, seven or eight shows or so? Yeah, they have been, and they're always, they're always in the, the junior tag team uh, title match for the most part. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're on the uh, the wrestling the wrestling kingdom card at all. No, they're not. Yeah, it's super bizarre. But which and it's not like none of the Bullet Club guys are on there because obviously Omega is. He's still the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He's defending against uh, Tanahashi, if I'm not mistaken. And Correct. and then you have Cody defending the U.S. Championship against uh, Juice Robinson. I figure he's losing that. Otherwise, I'm not really sure why they would do a rematch again with those guys. So I'm sure he's losing that championship. But uh, maybe they're done after that. I don't know. The thing is, too, that lest we forget here before we go into TLC, we still do have that G1 Supercard show over WrestleMania weekend. I feel like they would be missing out big time. Not the Elite, but like, New Japan and Ring of Honor, if they can't lock those guys up at least through April to have those guys on that show, because it's going to be a big show regardless. They obviously have Okada on the show um, and a few others, Tanahashi. That Those two alone will be big enough attractions. I mean, they already sold out the show, so that's not really even an issue. But I feel like it's going to be a lot like what an all-in two would look like. That's essentially going to be all-in two with the Ring of Honor, New Japan guys. I would hope that they're a part of the event before... Um, you know, bidding farewell to Ring of Honor New Japan before going on to WWE. A lot like the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys la- wrestled their last Ring of Honor match the night before WrestleMania and then went back to okay. WrestleMania, WWE the very next day. So I'm not saying we could see the, you know, the exact same thing with the Elite, but maybe we see something similar if they can sign some sort of contract extension. We'll soon see. But they are the talk of the wrestling world right now. No one really knows what's going on with them, whether they're going to re-sign to their current companies, go to WWE, start out their own promotion. Um, I'm sure they'll make the most of whatever they do, wherever they go. Only time will tell. So on that note, for the now, second half of the show here... I do want to say... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Brandon. One more thing about that. Just sure. playing, you know, armchair, armchair, uh, armchair Booker. Mm-hmm. Just imagine, and, and, and I was going to bring this up before you mentioned the Hardy thing. You know, they sign the extension. They do their, you know, they do the G1 thing, WrestleMania weekend. And right now, we really don't know if Roman Reigns is ever going to come back. The last, you know, I, I was reading on the dirt sheet this week that Roman Reigns, they don't know a timetable. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing The Rock getting thrown out there. We're seeing Lesnar versus The Rock. Just imagine, you talk about Nexus and you talk about the impact that they made and bring re- rejuvenating a stale show. Just imagine them coming, into, them coming into the main event and just beating the shit out of The Rock. Mm-hmm. Lesnar. That's how you make a name. And that's the only real possibility that would, would make, set them on fire. Wow. Cause you, you know, like you can't attack Daniel Bryan. You can't, you can't attack AJ Styles. You need impact. The Rock, center stage, New York City. WrestleMania's going to be there live and in color. What's the best <laughs> way to, to, what's the best way to do that? Bring them out and have them destroy the main event and let the show go off with the heels. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. But, you know, I'm just being a mark and I'm just thinking, it don't ever happen, but things like that, it'd be like, wow, because you have The Rock, you have somebody who'd be like, okay, you know what, I will I will let these guys destroy me for the betterment of WWE and wrestling going forward, and I'm the biggest star in Hollywood right now. Imagine that kind of rub 
And you know what? He would do that for Cody because it's Dusty Rhodes' son, baby. It's <laughs> Dusty's son. And if anybody, if he respects the business more than anybody else, I can see the rock saying, you know what? It's Cody. I want, I want, I want to make Cody look like a million bucks. I want you guys to destroy me. Just imagine the headlines the next day. Not just on the dirt sheets and on wrestling sites, but on ESPN, USA Today, the New York Daily News, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's it, you know it's not as far fetched as many might think. Just because, again, if you said that three years ago, I would say Brandon, you're drunk. Just hang up the phone right now. But it's like we've seen stranger things in wrestling in recent years, where it really is kind of a possibility. We've seen AJ Styles come to WWE. Not only that, but hold the WWE Championship for over a year. We've seen so many other crazier things and other promotions in WWE itself. So it's really not that far fetched. I know for a fact. That Rock is well aware of everything Cody is doing. I'm sure he's... I think I've seen him congratulate Cody on his success before uh-huh. on Twitter. So he's not... You know, he's yes. not stupid. He's not um, completely oblivious to anything that's not in WWE. The guy pays attention for as busy as the guy is. He knows what's going on. So that's not uh, not too far-fetched. But it would be a hell of a way to close out WrestleMania. And honestly, I can't think of many other ways to close out the show aside from maybe Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey if they go in that direction, which they should. But if not, they still have the next night's Raw to debut the Elite if they wanted to. If you want to talk about a post-WrestleMania surprise? Well, there you go right there. Really a hell of a way to kick off the next wrestling year, um, so to speak, in WWE. So again, a lot of exciting things to kind of look out for come 2019. Um, and, but as we move forward here, TLC on Sunday, we got about a half hour, 25 minutes left here in the show. We're not going to spend an ample amount of time on, on every single match on the TLC card just because not every match needs in-depth analysis. A lot, a lot of these matches are pretty cut and dry. But that being said, for as bad as the build has been on the Raw side, SmackDown has really picked up the slack in recent weeks. It's not going to be a bad yeah. show, I don't think. I think that there's been a lot of mediocre WWE pay-per-views in 2018. I did a recent oh. ranking of... You know, a lot of shows that we've seen this year. Not everyone has been terrible. There haven't been a lot of great ones either. But I think TLC might close out the year strong. There's a number of matches on this card that have potential. Keyword there being potential, because this is WWE. They could take something and fuck it up real quick, so we'll soon see. Um, But we'll start with the least compelling match on the show. That being the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge for Season 2. The winners get the final spots in the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches in January, and even more importantly, an all-expense-paid vacation to wherever they choose. That's the most important thing here on the line. We have the fabulous Truth, R-Truth, and Carmella taking on Mahalisha, Jinder Mahal, and Alicia Fox. One of the worst matches I've seen on paper in some time in this company, but we are getting at a TLC on Sunday. I hope it's kickoff show bound. Uh, between these two teams, Brandon, who do you got going over? You know what? Uh... I, you know, this whole Carmella, like, Burnett thing, I, I, I kind of like him. Mm-hmm. And I only, and, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a pervert, I'm not trying to be a sleazeball, but <laughs> I'm basing this match on looks. And, I, you know, Archute hasn't done anything since he left TNA almost a decade ago, not even longer. I, it, it'd be good for him, you know, to have some spotlight on him. I, like, we're talking before we tape. I think this is probably going to be something that you're probably going to see on the uh, pre-show. Mm-hmm. You know, Jinder Mahal, you know, he, he had his 2017. He had his, he had his big moment as, as champion, which I still can't believe that happened. Um, but, hey, we've seen worse, right? Um, I think it's probably going to come down to Truth and Carmella, um, and then hopefully Carmella can kind of come back into the, you know, the title picture because, honestly, even though she's not the greatest worker, she has personality, and people love to hate her. And if you, if you flip her heel... 
I think she can do a lot more now than she could have six, seven months ago. Yeah, she's definitely better off as a heel. They found a nice little niche for her for the time being with R-Truth. So at least she's still on TV. It's not like she's a Lana who's not been on TV in months. I mean, Lana is way worse off in the ring, so I should probably not make that you know comparison. But, you know, Carmella had her time, and if they insert her back in the picture after the whole Becky, Asuka, and uh, Charlotte thing wraps up, maybe she'll get another title shot, another title run at some point. Yeah, between these two teams, it's not exactly a win-win scenario. I'm not I'm not a huge R-Truth fan. I'm even less of a fan of Jinder Mahal. I can't say a the 30th spot in the men's rumble going to either one of those competitors is all that enthralling to me, but hopefully they get attacked before the show and something changes because the 30th spot going to R-Truth or Jinder is... Uh, is very depressing, but nonetheless, I got to go with our truth and Carmella here. It really doesn't matter who wins, but um, like you said, our truth and Carmella—they have a good thing going right now. I'll go with them for the uh, as the winners of Mixed Match Challenge Season Two, and hopefully, we do not get a Season Three. Mixed Match Challenge Season Two has been a fucking disaster. It's been awful. If this yeah, finals is. has been any indication, I think that should that should say it all for anyone that's not following the show. Um, but I assume our truth and Carmella go over. Uh, we talked previously before we started recording here, Brandon, that like what matches might end up on the kickoff show. We did mention Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship. I hope it's on the main show. I think these guys could go out there and kill it. Then again, on a 12-match card, I'm not sure how likely it is that they're going to get a ton of time. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get 30 minutes, but it would be nice if the match wasn't rushed. Um, they were given the spotlight a lot like they were at Survivor Series. You know, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali went out there had a great match with the time they were given. I'm hoping Murphy and Alexander can do the same. Their last two matches on 205 Live back in May and at Super Showdown in October were fantastic. This can be no different if given the time it deserves. Um, again, I hope it's on the main card. I'm not all that faithful that it will be. I'm looking at the card right now. The only other match I could see on the kickoff show would probably be Natalia and Ruby Riot, which belongs on the kickoff. Say that, yeah. Um, but even then, it's a t- you know it's a tables match. But then again, they had a tables match at Extreme Rules a couple months ago on the kickoff show. I think it was the New Day Insanity they faced off on the kickoff yeah. show. That was a tables match too, so it's not completely out of the question. But for now, I will say Murphy and Alexander. For our next match to analyze here, they are tied one win apiece. Murphy is the current Cruiserweight Champion. Alexander been winning all of his matches since uh, losing the championship back in October. Back on the way, back to his winning ways. Uh, Brandon, who do you got going over here, Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander? I think Buddy got the win in, at, at Super Showdown just because of you know the Australia crowd and you know uh, he got a big pop, hometown pop. I think it flips back here to Cedric Alexander. You know, he's kind of grown on me a little bit since when he first came up. He, he, got, he got a little stale, being one of the uh, earlier incarnations of the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think he did well then. I think he's kind of grown more now. And, you know, I, I, I'm respecting him more. And I, I, think, I think it'll switch. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty confident that they'll switch it on this one. I was going to say, Buddy, oh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Buddy Murphy here retaining the title. And I was going to ask you, I figured if Murphy was retaining the championship, because he's had an amazing 2018. This is the same guy that was an NXT Tag Team Champion three years ago, over three years ago, which is a hell of a long time. The guy was going nowhere quick in NXT. He was teaming with Wesley Blake, fell off the face of the earth for well over a year before resurfacing on 205 Live earlier on in 2018. 
and has had great matches with Kalisto, uh, Kalisto, Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, and a number of others, and he's really had a um, hell of a year. So I'm hoping he continues to be spotlighted in the new year, whether he's champion or not. I was going to say, maybe Alexander, if he loses here, and it's still my pick that he will. Um, I mean, I'm a big Alexander fan. I was maybe I was maybe expecting a main roster call-up, and technically they're already on the main roster. But like we saw Mustafa Ali on SmackDown this week. That's not a full-time call-up, I would assume. It's just kind of a one-off. Um, could you see either one of these guys? Because both these guys have been champion before on 205 Live. There's really not much left for either guy to do. They faced everyone. They've beaten everybody. Could you see either Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander or both Brandon showing up on either Raw or SmackDown, preferably SmackDown, at some point in 2019 as a full member of the active roster? I'd like to, but I think we're getting to this this point um, with WWE that where they like to keep you know brand. They want to they want to keep as many people on a brand, you know, for touring purposes and, and building said brand. Um, I. I really think they're sticking to that 205 weight limit thing, which is ridiculous because they have their world champion who's probably a 195 soaking wet on the SmackDown side. <laughs> I just, I just, I think you need personality. Um, I think Cedric probably would have the better personality out of both. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it only because I think that if they do, there's nothing. They're going to be the Apollo Crews. They're going to be there with Titus O'Neil. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything. They're gonna be the Heat Slater. They're gonna be jobbers on Raw and on you know. And if they get to, if they sniff a pay per view, they're gonna be a jobber. So I wouldn't really you know. I would maybe have them float here in two hundred five live, and then, you know sometimes do you know go go over and do the UK shows and maybe help out and evolve. I think there's there's more of you know there's more of uh, they can get more experience as a, as a teacher. You know, with those brands, I think they can if they were going on the main roster. I agree. I agree. I can totally see that happening, especially now that NXT has that working relationship with Evolve. And, um, I mean, with those guys specifically, I fear that if they do end up on Raw, specifically Raw, I think SmackDown, they might be better off. I mean, Mustafa Ali faced the WWE champion this week. If they ended up on Raw, I mean, the Lucha House Party is a prime example. They are great on 205 Live. On Raw, they're facing the fucking revival. The Lucha House rules bullshit, so... It's clear Vince McMahon does not see the cruiserweights for the talent they actually are, so I would hope they stay on 205 Live, which I don't think they've had another tour. I know they did some touring earlier on this year, but that was before the big rebranding, so maybe Triple H is waiting before they do that again. I'm not sure if it was a failure or a success when they did the initial touring earlier on this year, and that was when Enzo was champion, so again, it was a bit of a different landscape for 205 Live. I think it'd be a much bigger success if they tried it nowadays. But we'll see. But I got uh, I got Buddy Murphy going over here. You got Cedric Alexander. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, the tables match. Natalia, Ruby, Riot, a feud I really could not give two craps about right now. Uh, I expect Natalia to go over. Ruby, Riot insulted her dead father on Raw this week. It can't get much lower than that. So if she loses, I'm not really sure what to say. So I figure Natalia goes over here. Do you agree, Brandon? I think Riot, you know, I think uh, Natalia's at that stage in her career where she's going to put people over. Um, she can, unless she wins this match and they have a blow-off, maybe the next round on Raw or, you know, maybe at the pre-show of the next pay-per-view. Um, I, I, I ultimately think Riot comes out of the street on top. Um, so if you're going to do the give me one and then I get the next one, this may be the best one for Natalia to win. Um, but I think it'd be good heat. For, for Riot because I, I felt since she's kind of come on board and had the whole Riot squad I, I think 
I think there's a lacklusterness to her name, and I think you know if she would be Natalia and just really stick with this whole thing, um, I think you know I, I think it would, it would do her good. Um, so I have you know, I have Riot going over. I'll say Natalia, but I do agree that Riot's the better choice just because Natalia's been in the roster now for ten years, over ten years, which is amazing to think about. I think a lot of people forget about that, um, and she's good and all, but nowadays. Almost everyone in that roster is good, unless your name is Tamina, Nia Jax, or Dana Brooke, or Alicia Fox, for that matter. Almost everyone in that women's roster on Raw and SmackDown is at least good to great. And Ruby Riot is one of those women who I think has a lot of untapped potential. She's done some great work on the Raw roster this year. Um, she kind of feels like an afterthought. Like you said, I mean, you hear Ruby Riot, I think, stepping stone, maybe coming off the Ronda Rousey feud because they really did nothing to impress during that feud. She lost to Ronda at every fucking turn. So, I mean, I feel like she's an ultimate loser right now, which is why she needs this win more than Natalia, who should be on her way out. But nonetheless, I'll say Natalia, but Ruby Riot winning, I do agree, would be the better call. Um, we'll go there from, the, from there to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Three elite teams from the blue brand with the gold up for grabs. The current champions, The Bar, taking on the New Day and the Usos. It's like a revolving door with only these three teams in the SmackDown Tag Team Division. I don't want to complain because they have awesome matches together. I'm kind of disappointed that Elias and Bobby Lashley is the latter match and not this one. Um, just because I think this match, if given the latter match rules, would be incredibly amazing oh, yeah. and stellar. And I think they had a triple threat ladder tag team match a few years ago at TLC that was also amazing with the Usos. Um, but, and the New Day, actually. I think it was the New Day, Usos, and the Lucha Dragons instead of the bar. But, yeah. nonetheless, this should be a lot of fun either way. Um, it's really anyone's game. The bar has been tag team champions now for about two months. The New Day were the champions before that, and the Usos were the champions earlier this year. So, um, any one of these teams could realistically walk out as the SmackDown tag team champions. Gun to head, I'll say the bar. I mean, the Usos, New Day, we've been there, done that. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but even if the bar win, where else do you really go from here? We have the Colognes. We have Anderson and Gallows, who are rarely on the show. You have Sanity, I guess, who are also rarely on the show. Um, they kind of need to shine some light on those teams, too. But in the meantime, though, I'll say the bar. Uh, what say you, Brandon? Uh, I'd probably say the same, you know, and I think just based off the the great uh, battle rap that they had this uh, Tuesday on SmackDown, <laughs> the, van the Vanilla Ice throwback was pretty entertaining. Um, you know, Sheamus can be entertaining when he can. I like him as kind of like a doofy kind of face kind of tweener kind of thing that he, he has going on. Um, I like them more when they were just coming off their feud of that best of seven, I think it was, that they had the uh, middle of last year. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think it worked out really well for them. You know, I think Cesaro is better than this. I, you know, I, I thought a couple of years ago Cesaro would be a, a world champion. I think I ceased that thought now. I don't think it will ever happen. Um, so I say, you know, let her keep running with it. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, and it's one of the brighter spots in in the overall tag team division, not just on on SmackDown, but on on Raw as well. Yeah, it feels like no matter what with Cesaro, that he's never going to never going to escape or shake that tag team stigma that he has. And the guy was a great tag team competitor before he came to WWE, but he has shown on constant occasions that he can be more than a tag team guy. You know, he was teaming with Jack Swagger for a while, then Tyson Kidd, now Sheamus, and he's won tag team championships with almost all those guys and has been a multi-time tag team champion. He's a former U.S. champion too, but... 
the guy, you know, as a single star has shown that he can be a lot more than what he is currently. Clearly, they don't see him in that light. They never will. He's been in the main roster now for six years, over six years, and it doesn't look like he's ever really sniffed the main event scene. So it's, if it hasn't happened yet, it likely never will. But like you said, at least him and Sheamus have a great thing going right now. I think I saw Vanilla Ice respond on Twitter saying that it was so bad that it was good, talking about the um, the, the Ice Ace Baby rendition on Twitter. Um, or on SmackDown from Tuesday. He said that on Twitter, which was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great duo. They've been doing a lot of great work for the tag team divisions on both Raw and SmackDown. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say uh, the bar here goes over as well. I wouldn't complain if we got the Usos winning or the New Day winning. But, again, do we get the New Day in the bar again? Do we get the Usos in the bar? I guess I could see that. But been there, done that. we got to move on. We need some fresh teams. Maybe call up someone from NXT. I'm not sure, but... For now, I will say the bar. Um, I also mentioned earlier Elias Bobby Lashley, a ladder match, but not any ordinary ladder match. The first person to gain possession of the guitar hanging above the ring, it's not a contract, it's not a championship, it's a fucking guitar, is going to be able to use it against their opponent. So it sounds awful on paper. This sounds like you mentioned WCW Nitro, early 2000s. Vince Russo level booking shit here. That's what, you know, Raw sounds like on a week-to-week basis. That's what this sounds like. But I will give them the benefit of the doubt because they had a similar match a few years ago at TLC, except with Triple H and Kevin Nash, and it was a sledgehammer. That sounded awful on paper, and they ended up making the most of it and had a pretty good match. I don't know whether they can repeat that here on this show with Elias and Bobby Lashley. It's a feud people really haven't cared about all that much anyway. Um, but I would hope I would hope that after losing Leo Rush on Monday's Raw, that Elias is due for a win here. I like Bobby Lashley. I think he has potential as a heel on this show. But he's been booked so fucking poorly ever since he came back. I really don't have much faith for him right now. I like the pairing with Leo. I think they can be something. But the whole bending over and showing off his ass thing, like I don't know where they're supposed to be going with him or what they're going for with this guy. But it's just not working. Where at least, yeah, at least with that's... Elias, he, he's getting over. People like him, so I would I would go with Elias over Lashley. Um, he, you know, they're, they're still kind of getting behind him as a babyface. He's got some potential. They shouldn't squander that by having him lose every goddamn week. So I, I got Elias going over here. What about you, Brandon? You know, you mentioned you know Elias getting over. I I I feel completely opposite. You know, he was he was great as a heel. He'd come out with the guitar, make a funny comment about, you know, the local area. And I was watching it this week. I watched the whole segment. And he was just pandering to the audience. And, you know, they do the whole walk with Elias. And I feel it's one of those things where they just, it's easy to chant. And it's not like a Seth Rollins where he can go and they kick ass in the ring. As soon as the, as soon as the lights come on and, and, the, and the bell rings, it's a different story, man. And mm-hmm. I just, I just don't like Babyface Elias. I think he's just like every other Babyface on the roster. I'm, I'm sure he's gonna win. You know, I hope this is bigger and better things for him. I hope, I hope, I hope he ultimately, you know, goes back to become a heel. If Roman Reigns comes back, I think him and Roman Reigns can do big business. They're both big guys. They both got that Vince, Vince Triple H look to them. Um, but you know, Elias is just, I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed. Um, and what he's become, but, you know, I, I think I think he comes out on top. I think face or heel, I'm surprised the guy hasn't won a championship already. I know there was a report a few weeks ago that um he I think he was originally slated to take that Intercontinental Championship from Seth Rollins. 
before the whole Roman Reigns thing happened, and they obviously went with Ambrose in that challenger role instead, and they kept the belt on Rollins. But that would have been interesting. I could see Elias a lot like what Jeff Jarrett was to that championship a number of years ago, maybe even better, because the guy does have a lot more um, goodwill built up with the audience, whether it be as a face or as a heel. And maybe his, you know, face run is short-lived, a lot like The Miz about a few years ago. The guy is obviously a natural heel, and he had his little run as a face. It didn't work, and they turned him back heel. Maybe Elias, if he fails to get over his baby face, maybe they turn him back. I enjoy him as a face, but either way, I'm hoping they uh, they continue to at least allow him to maintain momentum. They don't squander him by having him yeah. lose every week. Because it seems like he comes out, he gets over with the pre-match, shtick, the song, and whatever, and then he loses. So it's like... They, they, they don't really allow people to get above to get above a certain level either. I mean, specifically on Raw SmackDown 2 to an extent, but more so Raw. And I hope that's not the case with Elias because the guy can go far. Maybe not WWE Champion, but I think he can go far if they were able to get behind him and not, you know, limit him to losing every single time whenever it matters most. So I like Lashley again, but I think Elias goes over here. Uh, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, standard singles matchup. Nothing on the line here. Um, I think this should be good. These guys have, um, they've never had a one-on-one match before in WWE, but I'm sure they'll have good chemistry. McIntyre's been killing it lately in WWE. Ballard, I don't really know what to say about him at this point. They've uh, really messed up whatever star power they had with Balor when he first debuted in the main roster two and a half years ago. He feels like every other guy in that Raw roster right now. McIntyre, at least, is on quite the roll. He, uh essentially annihilated Kurt Angle about a month ago on Raw, led Team Raw to victory, and he's been dominating ever since, and he's been, by and large, undefeated. I know he suffered a loss to Dolph Ziggler a week or two ago, but beyond that, the guy has been unpinned for the most part on Monday Night Raw, which is saying something. Not everyone goes undefeated, so um, that's definitely a good sign for his future. So that being said, I think McIntyre wins here, and uh, hopefully bigger and better things for both guys moving forward. So uh, what are you thinking, Brandon? Yeah, probably the same thing, you know, uh, going back, you know, to the millionth time this show, he built his, he left, he built up his brand, and mm-hmm. he came back, and he was able to completely go on, go in there, it seemed like he went on there on his own terms, you know, he was able to, he pretty much got, you know, thwarted into the main event, you know, relatively quickly, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him, you know, he, I, I've never been his biggest fan, um, but he's got potential, you know, um, and I think, you know, he'll go over and you know the, 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 the you know the moon is the limit for him. He's 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 on an upward trend. And with Drew McIntyre too, you make a great point that the guy took a chance on himself. I mean, it's not like with Cody because obviously he got fired. Cody left. Drew McIntyre got fired. But I think the real success with McIntyre is that not only that he came back to WWE, which I think I feel like with Cody there's a chance if they bring him back he'll be in the exact same spot that he was before he left. Not on superstars as Stardust facing our truth or anything, but I feel like he'll only be viewed at a certain level because if they didn't push him before, will they push him beyond a certain level if he ever came back? Who knows? I think they should. I think they could. They might. Who knows? We won't know until it happens. With McIntyre, though, we know for a fact he got fired as a member of 3MB, and ever since he came back, he's been promoted as a very big deal in this Raw roster. So they very obviously see big things in this guy. They see dollar signs in McIntyre at whatever level he might be at, whether it's mid-card, tag team, main event guy, who knows. But um, he's been doing well for himself. I think this is just a step in the um, his, his next step on the pursuit to superstardom on the Raw roster. I know I've heard reports and 
uh, read reports and heard rumors of McIntyre maybe winning the Rumble, going on to go for the championship at WrestleMania. So take that for what it's worth. But uh, we'll soon see. But Balor, either way, I mean, the guy is... I don't really know what can be done to redeem him, uh, to a kind of a get back that luster that he lost a long time ago. So I got Drew McIntyre winning here as well. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, chairs match. Been a good feud so far. Really doesn't matter who wins here. Uh, Rey Mysterio did get the better of Orton on SmackDown this week. It could go either way. Um, my gut feeling says Orton, just because he's been dominating recently. So I'll say Orton. Do you think Orton uh, goes over in this match on Sunday, Brandon? Yeah, it's probably, I probably feel the same way. There's, there's not, you know, either one can go over on this one. Um, Orton, just, you know, I'd like to see Mysterio just because, you know, it, it'll be his first uh, his first major singles win, if I can recall, since he came back. But, um, you know, Orton, Mysterio, this has happened a million times over the past, you know, 15 years. You know, I, I'd probably say Orton just because it's Orton, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, both these guys, uh, both these guys have been in the game for a long time. Now, a loss won't really hurt them. They're both established. It really doesn't matter. Um, but Orton's kind of felt rejuvenated as a heel for a few months now. He's he knocked off Jeff Hardy. I assume Rey Mysterio's next. I assume this will not be the end of the feud. You know, come Sunday. So, I think Orton wins this match. Um, let's see here before we get into the real main event stuff. Um, Raw Women's Championship match. Ronda Rousey. Nia Jax rematch from Money in the Bank back in June. That match exceeded expectations. I honestly don't yeah. think this match will be as good, just considering the circumstances. Nia Jax has a lot of heat right now, but the bottom line, and I will not stray away from this, I am not a Nia Jax fan. I do not think she's any good at all. Ronda Rousey has gotten really good in a very short period of time, but she's not a miracle worker, so we'll see how good she can be when she Hopefully carries Nia to a passable match. Either way, despite the quality, regardless of the quality of this contest, I think Rousey very clearly has to remain undefeated en route to WrestleMania, whether she faces Charlotte again or Becky Lynch, whoever. Um, Rousey must win here and retain the Raw Women's Championship. So does Nia Jax pull out an upset, Brandon, or does Rousey retain the title? Man, this is probably the one match on the card that you can pretty much say, yeah, this is probably going to happen no, 100%. I mean, I guess they could do a non-finish, have Nia Jax win by DQ, but what's the point? Just just get it over with. Yeah. Just have her get beat. They did that before with the last match of Money in the Bank. That The whole point was to kind of keep the feud alive for another point down the road. So just have her tap out Nia here and just be done with it. We need more women in the forefront of this division that aren't named Nia Jax, preferably Sasha Banks, Bailey, or Ember Moon, or Someone that I can that can actually go in the ring and have a good match with Ronda and not this fucking. I mean, again, she's she's a great heat magnet right now, but beyond that, she serves no purpose in this role. So, hopefully, Rousey wins and we can move on from there. Um, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, TLC match. If Braun wins, he gets another shot at Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at January's Royal Rumble pay per view. If Corbin wins, he becomes the new permanent Raw General Manager. And they've really been shoving it down our throats, uh, down our throats in recent weeks. That Corbin has all this power; he's been abusing it, blah blah blah. Which leads me to believe that he is losing on Sunday. I think that much is obvious. Whether it's a full-length match, which honestly I hope it's not. I honestly hope that Strowman is not 100% cleared yet, because a Strowman Corbin TLC match on paper sounds like the cure for fucking insomnia. So I would really hope <laughs> they just. What was that? I'd be slashing. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I was just going to say that, I mean, I hope they just turn this into an angle 
and just have it go 10 seconds, have Braun come out, squash Corbin, and be done with it. On a show of 12 matches, do you really need a 20 to 25 main event match dedicated to Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in 2018? The answer is a resounding no. So I'm going to go with Braun here, and uh, hopefully we can just move on from Corbin in his position of power. So uh, any disputes on that uh, on that idea, Brandon? No, but, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, the GM role, even though it's been watered down and, you know, it seems like everybody in the month has been GM at least once on one SmackDown, you know, what comes out of it? You know, does, does Angle come back in? Is it, you know, this, you know does Triple H take a bigger role? Like, what, what are we seeing if, if Corbin does lose? Like, who's going to be the GM? That's the big thing. And do you have any ideas? Do you have any insight? Well, ideally, oh, I think, I think the most obvious route is Kurt Angle. Um, ideally, I would do away with authority figures altogether. I mean, you know better than anyone, Brandon. They have gone back to this awful heel authority figure bullshit for 20 years now, and no one has done it better than Vince McMahon. Yet they've tried and tried again with Eric Bischoff and Vicky Guerrero and John Laurinaitis and the authority and now um, Baron Corbin. And some have been better than others. Corbin has not been... Oh, yeah, Bischoff was, Bischoff was good. But no, no, Bishop was great. Bishop was great. It was, a, it was a different time, though. It was a different time. Though. Yeah. Like, it, aggression error, like, you know, he had that WCW was fresh off closing. Mm-hmm. So he, he had a little different thing. I think he was one of the best ones, but oh, I no. digress. No, I totally agree. No, no, I totally agree that Bishop was the best Raw GM. I still maintain that Vince was the best a th- heel authority figure the show ever had. But Corbin is, I mean, not Corbin. Fuck no. Um, Bishop is definitely second best. But it's only... It's only deteriorated since then, I would say. It's we've seen the same thing with these guys ever since then, and that was 15 years ago. Corbin is not the answer to Raw's recent woes, so I would move on from him in that role. Like you said, I'm maybe Kurt Angle because he's got nothing to do right now. We've not seen him in a, like three to four weeks. Um, I would do away with the authority figure uh, authority figure position altogether. But since they have Page on SmackDown, that's clearly not happening. They need to have two GMs. Um, I would hope it's not Stephanie. I would hope it's not Triple H. We've seen both of them in that role many, many times, far too many times. Less is more when it comes to the authority. Um, I did a whole article for Bleacher a couple weeks ago. I said maybe Alexa Bliss, but I heard she's cleared to compete. So, I mean, again, she's a heel, but it would at least be something different. She should go back to competing, which I heard she's cleared anyway, so that likely won't be her. Um, I did recommend, and again, this sounds ridiculous, but at least it's something different. I did recommend Woke and Matt Hardy. Now, I know he's been petitioning for the role on Twitter recently. The guy has not been seen on TV in months. I know he's been obviously rehabbing some injuries. Um, He doesn't have to take any bumps, and whether he's Woken or just regular old Matt Hardy, at least it's something different. And Kurt Angle's great, but he's been there, done that. The guy was GM for almost two years. So, uh, Woken, Matt Hardy, or I, I, I don't really know. I mean, maybe Shawn Michaels, but I would assume that he's a heel, too. Um, I, you know, Hulk Hogan's another guest, but since they want to sign him to a Legends deal, but I don't think a lot of people would be, would be on board with that idea. Still a lot of, uh, controversy surrounding, um, you know, uh, surrounding him. So I would, I would, I would keep Hogan away from that role for the time being. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll soon see after TLC, but it would create for some compelling television. That's the thing. If Corbin loses, who's GM? So it kind of raises a question as to, like, what's going to happen and who's going to be in that role. So I, I think it's going to be for the better if Corbin loses, and I think he will lose. And it raises a lot of questions. What's next for Monday Night Raw if Corbin loses? And I think he will. So we'll see. 
Um, real quickly, we'll run down the last three matches here for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. I think Bryan wins. He just won the championship, so it would be silly to take the title off him. He's been doing real well in that heel role recently, so again, no real point to switch the championship back so soon. Uh, do you agree, Brandon? Yeah, I'm just I'm just upset. This isn't this 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 match is kind of deserving of one of the stipulations, like a TLC. You, you give those guys a ladder and, and some chairs and, and some tables. That'd be a hell of a match. You know, I just I, I really like the Daniel Bryan heel turn. He's like become like the, the conservative vegan, like that whole anti-liberal, like how he used to be and how he was always like, oh, you know, you know. All about love and togetherness, and now he's just completely, you know, and, and this whole fickle thing that he does, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I've been definitely enjoying it, so yeah. He's been a breath of uh, fresh air in that role, so I hope he holds on to the championship for a little while longer, so Daniel Bryan wins here. Um, yeah, like you said, I would hope the match would have a more of a stipulation. The feed's been going on now for at least two months, so I don't see the why they should. I mean, like, I understand with Dean and Rollins, and they just kind of started their feud so i see why they wouldn't want to do a stipulation with that match but brian and aj have already had two matches so is it really necessary like i get wanted to have a tlc match one for raw and then one for smackdown i get that and the women are more deserving than brian and aj but do you really have to give the latter stipulation to elias and bobby lashley like is that really necessary they could have given that to brian and aj but it's whatever but i also agree that brian's going over um, I mentioned Rollins and Ambrose. They are clashing one-on-one on Sunday for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, it's so early on in the feud, I could very well go either way. The championship's really an afterthought here, but it is on the line on Sunday. Um, I'm going to say, I want to say Ambrose if I had to say. I think Ambrose wins the championship, but I'll say that Rollins wins by DQ. He holds on to the match. He holds on to the championship, but maybe Ambrose wins by DQ. I just don't think the championship is changing hands. So I'll say Rollins retains one way or another, even if it means Ambrose winning by DQ because Rollins hits him with a chair or something like that. So that's my prediction. Um, who goes over here on Brandon uh, on Sunday, Brandon? Yeah, I'd probably say Rollins wins via DQ. Um, you know, Ambrose will snap. He'll just, you know, the normal, you know, heavy feed DQ that, you know, that WWE is known for. Um, and then, you know, probably come back, you know, Royal Rumble or, or Fastlane and, or whatever the February pay-per-view's name is, and just maybe, you know, kind of go into WrestleMania as champion Ambrose will. So I think it's, uh, I think this feud's kind of getting kicked off again. Um, this is becoming like the, like the John Cena, like Randy Orton feud, where like we've seen it a lot, but I think, you know, with, with Ambrose kind of coming in with his head shaved and not being the old Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. this is like a new Dean Ambrose, and I, I like it. And I, I hope they do something with it. You know, obviously he's a former world champion. He's going to be champion again. It's just a matter of time. Um, so, you know, I, ultimately I see Ambrose coming out on top of the feud, but I think this one, you know, Rollins goes over, um, you know, via DQ finish. Yeah, it's amazing how many times these guys have feuded, yet it still feels fresh. Like, they feuded when the Shield yep. first broke up back in 2014. They rekindled the rivalry over the WWE Championship about a year later, and then again over the WWE Championship, like right before the whole Shield triple threat. So that's three times they feuded already. Um, They teamed up for a time last year. They teamed up earlier this year during the Shield stuff, and now they're feuding again. So it's like the fourth rendition of this rivalry, yet it still feels fresh with the roles reversed, with Ambrose as the heel and Rollins as the babyface. So um, I've been enjoying it. I think the match will be good, but it should not main event. That should be the women's triple threat match 
for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch, the man, taking on Charlotte Flair and Asuka. This has every um, reason to steal the show. The feud has been great. The build, uh, the build has been awesome. And more importantly, any one of these women can walk out with the championship. I think the championship is changing hands. It's a position. It's a situation where Becky does not have to be pinned to drop the belt. Um, but I could see Becky retaining. I could see Charlotte becoming champion. I could see Asuka becoming champion. I think Asuka is the best bet here. She needs it more than anyone else. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say Charlotte, but I'll go off on a limb and say Asuka wins here, thus putting Charlotte and Becky in chase mode and maybe having them enter the Women's Rumble or face Rousey at the Rumble, whatever it might be. Uh, but the match should be stellar. It has every reason to be stellar. And I hope it, like I said, main events the show. There's no reason for it to not main event the show. Uh, Becky and Ronda should have headlined Survivor Series. Becky got hurt. That didn't close out the show, which is fine. Um, but yeah, we have not seen a women's main event, aside from Evolution, of course, which was expected, since the Royal Rumble. And I think there's no better time to do it again than on Sunday. So we'll see. But uh, Brandon, who emerges from this three-way as the SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky, Charlotte, or Asuka? I would say Oscar because you, like you mentioned earlier, you can have the Royal Rumble. You can you can have Oscar win the title, and you have a girl her own way. You know, start feeling with Carmella or 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 any any of the other females on on SmackDown, and you can have you know Becky and Charlotte continue their feud into the Rumble where they both have both feet touch the floor. A la, you know, Bret Hart and Luger from 20, 24 years ago, and then maybe we get that triple threat match that really headlines WrestleMania, or you know, Becky can win and then just say, you know, I'm going to Raw. I want to fight Rousey. I want to get my Rousey match. But I, you know, digressing. I think you know, Rousey. I mean, I think um, Becky's probably the most over person right now in wrestling. You know, anywhere, Indies, Ring of Honor, Elite, everybody. I think Becky is the most over. And for a long time, and I know you can agree with me on this, she was really, really soft. She was a kind of an afterthought for about six, seven months after after the, the brand split. And, and she lost that title. She was kind of an afterthought. And then, you know, over the past, what, five, six months, she's really, you know, kind of come into this new persona that I think is really, you know, is really working to her benefit. I totally agree. There's no one hotter in wrestling right now than Becky Lynch. And I'm not just talking about looks either. I'm talking about just pure popularity, killing it, striking while the iron is hot to go full circle here on the show. Um, I mean, obviously, WWE has a lot to do with that too because she could be white hot and they could not run with her as champion if they didn't want to. But they clearly see that she's getting over. We all question why they turned her heel, but it ended up being the best thing for her. And she's more of like a Stone Cold. No one's going to be the next Stone Cold, but she's the closest thing to a Steve Austin that we have right now on either show, really any brand in WWE, including NXT and the NXT UK show and 205 Live. So, um, yeah, I think um, Asuka goes over here, but Becky's been fucking killing it. I'm looking forward to this match. There is no reason for it to not main event. And uh, that should close out what should be an interesting slash newsworthy slash entertaining event on Sunday, WWE TLC 2018. So it's been a super size show edition of WrestleRant Radio here today with you, Brandon. Before we let you go, one more time, where can people check out the sound off with Brandon Alou? And um, also any final words before the for the people before we let you go? Well, thanks for having me on. You know, this is probably my, I think my fourth or fifth time over the past couple of years I've been on the show. Every time it gets better and better, we talk longer and longer. Um, you know, everybody, you know, all the all the wrestling fans, come come check us out. You can you want to like us on Facebook. It's the Sound Off with Brandon and Lou. 
you want to like it, um, you check us out on Twitter or Instagram at SBL Podcast. Um, if you, you know, you're in a band, you know, you're a business owner, you want to promote anything you have going on, and want to come on the podcast and talk about it, um, you know, you can email email us at info at sb uh, info at the SBL Podcast dot com. We're all over the place. You know, um, my personal Twitter is at Brandon with an E-N underscore Dross. You know, I, I'm on there talking. I talk baseball, you know, I'll talk some San Antonio stuff. I don't get too political, so I'm not one of those people you have to worry about blocking after a few days. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I, I thank you for allowing me to come on, talk wrestling. You know, I don't, I don't get to talk a lot of wrestling on the podcast as much as we'd like to. Um, but, you know, I, I, I thank you for giving me the medium and, you know, getting me into the podcasting and, and you know, every time I come on and, you know, I, I thank you profusely for, you know, letting me, you know, you know, you know, cultivate the seeds of, of, of my podcast career. And, you know, it's, it's been fun, man. It's, uh, an hour and a half now we've been talking and it flew by, you know, and I can, we can talk for three, four hours if we had to about anything, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I'm glad we're able to talk about wrestling, um, you know, tonight. Yeah, totally, man. Every single time I have your ear on the show or I talk with you on your show or just talk in general, the time always flies by. Always a great time talking, either on the phone or just interacting with you on Twitter. And like I said, it's been seven years in the making, almost eight come 2019, which is amazing to think about. But we will soon cross paths, whether it's over WrestleMania weekend in your neck of the woods in Texas, which I've technically been to at an airport, but not like officially yet. I don't I don't really classify that. I don't, I don't really count that, so... At some point, if I can make it back down to Texas, for whatever reason, whether it's a WWE show or something else, I'm sure I'll run into you somewhere. And I feel stupid, too, because I've always said to myself, like, the WWE does one shit. They, like, they've had TLC in Texas several times, a few times in Dallas, a few times in Houston. And I'm like, why doesn't Brandon, like, not you specifically, but, like, why don't people in Texas just go to every show? Then dumb me, not realizing just how big, is, just how, the, how big Texas is. Obviously, it's called one of the biggest you know, states for a reason. You can't just fucking drive from one place to the other to go for a goddamn TLC pay-per-view. So I feel so stupid for assuming that. But uh, uh, No, it, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, you, you go to the East Coast shows. You, you're in Connecticut. You go, to, you go to New York. You can get in the LIR. Yeah, yeah. The past. Yeah, you, you can travel like five or six states. You can get to Philly in an hour and a half. Literally, an hour and a half gets me to the next big city, which is Austin. Mm-hmm. And one quick geography lesson: if you want to go from south, the south point of Texas, which the Mexican border, the Mexico-U.S. border, all the way to the north, it'll take you about 19 hours. And then, if you want to go east to west, it's going to take you about 20 hours to go from the tip. Um, you know, so it's a pretty big state. It's it's pretty boring too. I don't advise anybody driving through it unless <laughs> you absolutely have to. But yeah, you could you can literally go to Florida from New York. Well, from where you're at, and go to like 75 wrestling shows on, on, on uh, in that time, and I just have my one because I'm not driving six hours for Abysmal SmackDown. Yeah, no, I was gonna say an yeah. Abysmal SmackDown. Exactly, exactly. Could not have said it any better myself. I did it in 2012. I'd go up to Austin. I would go, you know, you know, I would, I would go check out a show. I was really, really getting back into it. Mm-hmm. But I thought like, I'm spending way too much money for these wrestling events. I'm driving. I'm putting gas in for TV shows. Wasn't worth it, you know. But you know, <laughs> what just to see Sheamus and Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship in the dark match? Like that's not worth yeah. your time. <laughs> I will say that I will say it, it, it is funny. Um, you know, before you go, I know I'm probably keeping keeping away, but every time I every time I search brand, you know, because I'm, I'm egotistical like we all are. Yeah. I search Brandon Dross. The one thing that always shows up is some of my wrestling results that I've always, you know, 
you know, sent into Wrestling Inc., you know, back in the day when, you know, they would tape uh, SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the first things that always comes up when you search, Google search my name is I was at the very first uh, Saturday, Saturday morning slam taping, mm -hmm. and I tweeted, out a, I tweeted out a picture, and I sent it to, like, Wrestling Inc. and, and PW Insider. Hey, this is what the set looks like. So that will, that will live with me forever. <laughs> like, one of the first things, you, you Google Brandon Dross, and it's the... It's a Saturday morning slam set, so that's 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 pretty funny. That is great. That's going to be part of your legacy, Brandon. You're a father. You're a graduate. You got your own podcast, and you are the innovator behind WWE Saturday Morning Slam. That's going to be your Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> induction right there. How amazing is that? <laughs> well, Brandon, like I said, dude, it's always a great time talking to you here on the show. Thank you for joining me for the first time. Like I said, on my show, I think for the first time in well over a year. Hopefully, it's not another... Uh, 15 months before you have your back on the show again, but whether it's your show or my show or whatever, I will definitely talk again soon, dude, but enjoy your holiday. I'll, I'll catch you down the road, brother. You too. Thank you, man.